Hey everyone, welcome to Jumpstart presented by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Uber. I'm Jen Rubio, co-founder and chief brand officer of Away, and I'm your host. Over the course of six episodes, my goal is to arm you with the toolkit you need to cash in. I'll take you through the art of crafting the perfect pitch, break down buzzy investor terminology, prep you for a real VC pitch, plus help you translate all the above for your everyday life. Ready to level up? Let's do it. So by now you have your pitch, you're confident in what you're talking about, and you have some meetings in the books. But we're going to wrap this up by talking about some really important things to understand through the fundraising process. One is that fundraising is never going to go exactly how you think it'll go. It's really hard, and it helps to know that if you're struggling through the process. I think a lot of people feel very alone in this. I was fortunate to have my co-founder by my side to talk through and recap and iterate on everything with. But even if you're a solo founder going through this alone, just know that no matter how much money someone's raised, it's never as easy as it looks. Don't forget that for every piece of press about fundraising or a closed round, there are dozens and dozens of startups who maybe didn't make it or maybe didn't even announce their round. So don't base your success on what else you're reading out there. It's important to remember that you're not going to be a fit for everybody. At the end of the day, fundraising is just a numbers game and you only need one yes. Obviously, you want the yes to be from the best source so that you have great partners in all of this, but just keep going. I've heard so many stories of founders who got no after no after no. As soon as one investor said yes, it signaled to others that they were worth investing in, and they got a slew of yeses after that. When you get a no, make sure to learn from them. VCs will normally tell you things like, it's too early, or we need to see more traction, or we don't have enough information about the space to have conviction. Those are soft no's and not real feedback. So ask for it. Never waste a no. If a VC says no, ask what you could have done to improve your pitch or to refine your story. But don't use that as an opportunity to debate with them. Again, you have to appreciate the fast no's. They help you move on. And if you can get a fast no and feedback, that's the best thing that you can do for your fundraising process and to improve your pitch. Don't pitch your dream VCs first. Test your earliest pitches elsewhere and iterate from there. Of course, you still have to be prepared for the first one, but like anything, you get better and better as you go on. So if you have a list of top VCs that you really want on your cap table, make sure that you're pitching them later down the line. One of the most powerful tools in our fundraising process was our VC spreadsheet. We started a document that had a list of all the VC firms that we wanted to pitch the partners in those firms. We looked at what other deals they've done over the past year or so, what companies were similar to ours, who led the deals at that firm and for those companies, and who we thought would understand what we were trying to do. Once you have that list, you can think about how to pitch them, how to get connected to them. It seems like a lot of information and not information that's readily available, but it's more accessible than you think. There are databases out there that talk about who are on certain companies' boards, how much money those companies have raised and who they raised them from. And it's really important to just dig around. Use your network. If you're working with startup lawyers, chances are they'll know who can really make decisions at these firms and help give you that info. It's not just about creating a pitch deck and taking the meetings. It's hours and hours and hours of research. 
Mark Suster from Upfront Ventures said that for each hour-long meeting, you should do at least two hours of research, and it's really, really worth it in the end. Another thing to remember is to have other people do your work for you. Get other founders to vouch for you if they're in that VC's portfolio. Have your angels and your friends and family who might know these VCs lobby on your behalf. Use every single resource you have. Before you go into the fundraising process, it's important to have your pitch buttoned up and your story ready to tell. You might think that once you start reaching out to VCs, it'll take weeks or maybe even months to get on the books with them. But there are instances in which you'll ask for an intro, you'll get it right away, and you need to be prepared to tell your story. So don't go into the process without having this stuff ready. Here's how I personally prepare for a pitch. This is not the time for a new outfit or a hairstyle. I always make sure to wear something that I'm comfortable in and that makes me feel professional and confident. I use essential oils. I'm a very scent-driven person, so even just having the same scent makes my brain feel prepared and ready to go into a pitch. And on the way there, I listen to the same song on my phone. If you're going to the room with a co-founder, make sure the two of you have decided what your talking points are ahead of time. For Steph and I, it was really easy. I talked about the brand, the marketing, the creative side of the business, and she talked about operations and finance and setting up the company. If the divide isn't as clear, make sure that you go through your presentation numerous times with whoever you're going in the room with and that you don't talk over each other. Let the other person say what they're going to say and resist the urge to correct them or to add to it. It'll make your pitch seem a lot more buttoned up. And whatever you do, don't take in too many note cards or pieces of paper. You're there to talk about your idea and your business, so you should know what you're talking about and it should come from the heart. You'll have your deck there to guide you and you'll have your appendix if you need to reference different stats or footnotes, but going in there with note cards is a rookie move. There are a lot of pitching exercises you can do at home to make you feel even more prepared to do this. One is to describe your idea in 30 words or less. Another pitching exercise is to find one word that describes everything you want your audience to understand and feel about your idea. And the last one is to envision what a five-star review would look like if a customer were saying it about your business. These exercises might not make it to the pitch, but going through them in your head will give you a better and stronger idea of what you will say to investors. The most important thing of all of this is to know your story and know your audience inside and out. If you know everything there is to know about your own story, you can tailor it to the audience and to the pitch, and you'll never feel like you messed up. Thank you so much for following along on this pitching journey with me on Jumpstart, presented by Girlboss Radio in partnership with Uber. If you missed any episodes, catch up on all of them now. Your inner entrepreneur will thank you. 